Welcome, I'm Connor Beaton, and today we are going to be talking about understanding spiritual bypassing. And this is a fairly relevant topic, whether you are a deeply spiritual person or, you know, whether you have spiritual people in your life and want to understand them better. And we've all seen examples of spiritual bypassing, whether it is through the the use and the means of a specific religion, religious ideology, or whether it's through the use of a spiritual ideology or misinterpreting and misrepresenting a, a spiritual doctrine as a means of bypassing or moving past something specifically. So the I'm going to basically do a few things here today and try and keep this brief. I'm, I'm going to define spiritual bypassing, talk about why people uh, do it, how it shows up, and and then maybe leave you with just a little bit of how do we address when people are using spiritual bypassing? Because I think what I've seen is, you know, sometimes people in relationships, there's a partner that is using spiritual bypassing or in the work environment, there's someone who is spiritual bypassing and it can be very challenging to get through to them. And spiritual bypassing was, I think, originally coined by a gentleman named John Wellwood. And he was the prominent psychotherapist and author in the transpersonal uh, psychology field. Uh, He's since passed away. Um, But amongst many of his accolades, one of the things that he coined, one of the things he helped to create was this concept of spiritual bypassing. And uh, in, in his book, Toward a Psychology of Awakening, which was one of one of the books that I've I've read and I've really found to be um, quite profound in terms of a psychological view into spirituality. Mr. Wellwood defines spiritual bypassing as using spiritual ideas and practices to sidestep personal, emotional, or unfinished business, to shore up a shaky sense of self or to belittle basic needs, feelings, and developmental tasks. So the goal of such a practice, he claimed, was enlightenment. So the aim of, the aim of people who, who sort of use spiritual bypassing or uh, allow it to unfold in their life is usually a good intent, right? The aim is usually the path of enlightenment. They are, they are oftentimes wanting to move more towards a feeling of wholeness, of integration, of completeness, of happiness and joy and peace and calmness. But the challenge comes when spiritual ideas or uh, practices are used to sidestep these you know, personal or emotional feelings. And this practice might feel as if it's more and more uh, prominent these days. And we can sort of see this in large spiritual communities. You can see it on Instagram and some of the quotes that people put out that are, you know, when you really look at them and you sort of analyze them with a, with a critical lens, you, you really realize that it's actually sidestepping and not, not actually addressing the core of the issue or the core emotion that, that someone's facing. facing. And the, the foundation of spiritual bypassing is basically avoidance and repression. And for some individuals, spirituality serves as a way to rise above or to, sh- to, to, to sort of handle um, the shaky ground beneath them. 
if that shaky ground is their their foundation, their connection to themselves internally, their connection to who they believe themselves to be within. And the great thing about spiritual bypassing for many people is that it gives them a vehicle of not having to question where they feel insecure internally. And it gives them a methodology of getting to avoid or circumvent some of the real challenges that are happening within them. And when spiritual practice is used to sort of compensate for challenging traits, uh, such as low self-esteem or social isolation or um, you know, maybe a, a sort of recklessness sexually or recklessness with their, uh, you know, anger or shame or guilt, whatever emotional issues might be coming up, people will often corrupt the actual use of the spiritual practice. So take for an example, meditation, right? Oftentimes, meditation is used as a form of mindfulness, and in its truest form, it is a means of connecting to the mirror within us that is the, the I guess you could, you know, as Ramdas called it, the loving awareness that's within us, the, the non-judgmental, yeah, the non-judgmental awareness and witness of everything that's happening outside of us and everything that's happening within us. And so it is the mirror that can reflect back our own thoughts and allow us to sort of love those thoughts anyway. And it can allow us to accept some of the things that we can't control in our external life or even within our internal world. It allows us to communicate with the inner critic, with the really judgmental aspects of ourself. It allows us to come into commune with our shame and our guilt or our anger or our trauma and our hurt from the past. But spiritual bypassing will use meditation as a means of circumventing these things, a means of avoiding these things altogether. And you can hear people uh, trying to cling on to and trying to use these things as a means of avoidance. And that's one of the biggest uh, that's one of the biggest indicators that spiritual bypassing is happened. And many of us know individuals who run away from problems, by going on spiritual retreats or by, you know, buying the next course or the next book or, you know, downloading, you know, 50 podcasts from another spiritual leader and not actually doing anything with the information and the wisdom that is being handed to them and not actually implementing the practices that are being outlined for them. So we can see this because when they return home, although they may fe feel enlightened for a short time, they eventually are triggered by the same issue that sent them on the spiritual journey in the first place. And suddenly all of the fear and the confusion and the drama are still right where they left them. And nothing has really been accomplished. Nothing's really changed. Nothing's really... Uh, shifted within their internal experience because they have gone on a, a journey of active avoidance. They have literally spent time and invested energy into cultivating 
a relationship with rejection and avoidance. Because true meditation causes us to face those fears. It causes us to face the shame or the inner critic. And it causes us to uh, really face the parts of ourselves that we don't want to look at and the parts of the world that we don't want to look at. And it calls us to love it anyway. And this is the message of really all core spiritual teachings, whether you are Christian and you believe in uh, the God of Jesus Christ and you follow his teaching. His teaching is simply love. Love thy neighbor, love thy God, love yourself as thy God, love thy neighbor as you would want them to love you or love thy neighbor as you. Literally love thy neighbor as you. But the challenge is if we aren't connected with ourselves, if we hate ourselves and we feel a a deep disturbance within ourselves, and our inner critic is constantly uh, running the show and we feel these these immense insecurities, these immense existential questionings that sort of overtake us, then it becomes very challenging for us to do the simple act of loving thy neighbor as we would love ourselves. And even in things like Buddhism or Hinduism, you can see, uh, or Judaism, you can see the main core of the message is and can oftentimes be distilled down to a form of learning to love what is. Taking action in life, uh, acceptance, acknowledgement, uh, appreciation, but really learning to love what is, learning to love the things that we have no control over, um, regardless of what the outcome might be. So here are some signs of, of spiritual and emotional bypassing. Uh, Number one is not focusing on the here and now, living in a spiritual realm much of the time. And so what this does is it actually, I've heard so many people that are spiritually bypassing um, use alternative time frames or use uh, other dimensions or use uh, other uh, belief structures to escape the present moment of their reality. And what it allows them to do is disassociate from their life in some way. The next one is an overemphasizing the positive and avoiding the negative. And, you know, there is a there is merit to having an abundant mindset, right? We, you know, you can look at Carol Dweck's work uh, with mindset and you can look at a fixed versus a growth mindset. And of course, we want to have optimistic thoughts. And we want to have optimistic beliefs and optimistic values and and create and generate positivity within our lives because we are the creators of those things. But we also need to understand and be able to face and communicate with the negative aspects of what's happening in our life. Because if we don't, we will we will disassociate from them in a way where they will still grow. They will still be there. They will still have an immense amount of power. And in fact, they will become more powerful through our avoidance. The next is being self-righteous about the concept of enlightenment. Uh, so you'll often hear people that are spiritually bypassing communicate it in such a way where they... Uh, they sort of have a uh, a one-up position on enlightenment. Like they have some form of secret that you don't have access to, or they have some uh, 
some connection to enlightenment that you don't have access to. And the truly spiritual beings that I've come to contact with, I've met the Dalai Lama, I've got to experience being around him, and and it was truly an immense uh, experience in the sense that there is a void of ego that you feel. There is a void of identity that is very present, and you experience existence and life in a very different way while being around those types of human beings because they are not trying to preach or pretend like they have access to something that you don't uh, or that you at least at the very least don't have access to. Um, Oftentimes spiritually bypassing people will become uh, overly idealistic. They'll have very strict and specific. It's very much like a, uh, a fundamentalist right? They're a fundamentalist within religion will have very strict and very specific uh, ideologies that they'll need to follow and adhere to, structures that they'll need to follow and adhere to. Uh, Same with uh, the the sort of spiritual bypassing people. They'll become a little bit more detached. Um, They'll have, oftentimes they'll, they'll exhibit, they'll exhibit outbursts of anger in some way, shape or form, whether that's directed at themselves or others. And this this anger, maybe not outbursts, but they, they will have frequent anger. Whether they show it to you or not, they will be experiencing it um, quite often. And it's because they're not communicating. They're not facing the anger that's naturally there that it sort of wells up and takes over. And maybe it causes them to you know take it out on someone or direct it towards someone or something or causes them to sabotage their own life in some way. Try They might try to become overly compassionate. So their boundaries will become very porous. The bound, their boundaries will become very soft and malleable. And they won't actually set boundaries where boundaries need to be set because they are trying to they're trying to embody a certain type of enlightenment that that they believe uh, is is done through the act of just allowing absolutely everything. And you can see, again, in spiritual texts or in religious texts, people like people like Jesus Christ and the Buddha and Krishna, uh, all of them had great boundaries. <laughs> all of them had very good boundaries uh, with their disciples, with the people that they interacted with, with uh, with regular people that they that they came into contact with, with people that had ill will against them. They still had boundaries. And the last thing that you'll notice with people who are spiritual bypassing is, is oftentimes that they'll pretend that everything's okay when it's not. And the, the, the catch of this is that it sort of puts the onus more on the other person. And so it's a really great tool because in many ways... Uh, people don't have to be accountable for their own dysfunction, and they don't have to be accountable for their own shadow. And that, my friends, is really what the core of spiritual bypassing is all about. It is about bypassing the shadow, as Carl Jung in my previous episode was all about. Um, it is about bypassing the shadow, and it's about bypassing all of the parts of ourselves that we don't have to look at. And so you know, you might know someone that does this, but I challenge you to look at yourself and your life and really question where you spiritually bypass. It's okay. I've caught myself in this uh, in this act quite a bit over the last few years of of pretending that everything's okay when in reality 
you know, I'm upset about something or I feel hurt about something or disconnected from something. And, and, it, and it does happen to all of us. And the, the thing is not to say, oh, I'm, you know, that never happens to me because notice how that's sort of the trick of the joker within us, right? That's the trick of the, the jester that doesn't want us to see that we do some of these things too. So I really encourage you before you, uh, you know, sort of look outside of yourself for examples and while you may have had one that was coming to mind throughout this whole uh, interview or not interview, this whole episode, uh, I, I encourage you to look at the finger pointing back at you and to really allow yourself to question, where do you pretend that, that everything's okay when it's not? Where do you become idealistic spiritually? Or where do you uh, try and use structures, and whether it's spiritual structures or religious structures, to avoid the things in your life that are truly there? The, the parts of yourself, emotionally, mentally, physically, uh, that are actually happening in your life, and to begin to question it. And that is the path. When we start to do those things with ourselves, we can start to set clearer boundaries with other people because we will really, we will actually be doing the act. And here's the thing that I want you to know. If you are in relationship with someone who spiritually bypasses a lot, I would imagine that you're probably doing it too, to a certain degree. And that's not to put the, the, the blame or the onus on you for how they're acting at all. It's simply to saying that, that there might be some of it going on on your side of the court as well. And, and to deal with that, first and foremost, how we address other people who are spiritually bypassing is sending them podcasts like this, right? In a, in a lot of ways, when people are spiritually bypassing, they need to come to the realizations in their own way. It's not something that we can generally um, just, you know, get upset with them about and call them out on because as we can see, what they'll probably do is avoid the negative <laughs> and go to the positive. They'll probably pretend that everything's okay when it's actually not. They won't want to admit the the struggle or the challenge or the the reality of what's happening in their life because their identity, their ego has it attached to a certain type of uh, enlightenment and attached to a certain type of being okay means that they need to sort of act in a very specific way. So that's what I have for you today. Thank you so much for tuning in. Share this podcast episode with just one person goes a long way getting into the ears and the brains and on the phones of other people. Um, but uh, please share it with somebody who's interested in these topics and who talks about them uh, or someone who could actively uh, use this this subject. So thanks so much for tuning in. I'll see you or hear you next week. If you have any other questions, please hit me up on Instagram. And when you share it, please tag me so I can give you a shout out at Man Talks on Instagram. Bye for now.